With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Good afternoon, everyone. That was Brother James Brown singing Living in America. Yes, we are living in America. The brother said he feel good, but there's a whole lot of folks in Las Vegas that are not feeling good. Many of you have heard of the massacre that happened in Las Vegas since the last time we were on the air, which is what prompted the show that we are having today. And the title of that show is The Intersecting of Guns, Violence, Politics, and Society. The Intersecting of Guns, Violence, Politics, and Society. My name is Rodney Smith. I am in the air chair today, hoping to bring you another exciting episode of Our Own Voices Live. Wow. It took a lot to do today's show. I'll, I'll just put it like that, and, and uh, we'll maybe get into some of those uh, reasons as the show uh, goes on. But I did want us to have this discussion today. And I think it's a discussion that needs to be had. It's just something about America and guns. Something different in America with guns than many other countries. I won't say all because usually nothing is all. But there is something different about us here with guns. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of that. And for those of you who are listening in and would like to call in to give you a comment or opinion, please feel free to do so. You can dial 347-826-9600. I would love to hear from you today. I'm sure there is just so much to say on both sides of this topic. And what are the sides? Should America have guns? Should America not have guns? Who and what type of guns should be had? All of those are valid questions, and those are things that we are still dealing with. But before we get too much into the show, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Some of the ways that we attempt to do that is with shows like Our Own Voices Live, so that to give you a voice, hear what you have to say. Yeah, you get to hear a lot about what I have to say, too, and the longer we don't get any calls, the more of me you hear. I hope it's worth hearing. And we also do a weekly gathering at the Westside Bistro located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. Once again, that's 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And what it is is an attempt for us to come together, to talk, to share. Uh, I don't ask for people with like minds. I just ask for people with minds and preferably with same minds and don't mind expressing themselves because we won't get any place by talking at one another or not talking to each other. It's 
just not going to happen. So we encourage folks to come out with different beliefs. We have Republicans, Libertarians, Democrats, Independents, Constitutionalists. We get atheists, agnostics, Christians, Jews, Hindu, Buddhists, you name it. We get it. And I want them all because ultimately we're all humans. And we have to share this planet. We have to share this country, to share this state, this county, this city. And we're going to have to find a way to do it and do it in peace or else. Or else. That is the or else. So that's what we do at the Westside Beach. We also have the gathering after dark that happens. Uh, usually t- two Tuesdays out of the month, the second and fourth Tuesdays, I believe what we have scheduled. Uh, we meet at the Chess House Cafe on Westlake Mead. And this week, this Tuesday, we're going to meet at Lolo's. That's right, Lolo's on Lake Mead and Rancho in Las Vegas. So hopefully you all will come out. It'll start at 6 o'clock. And if you all are not having gatherings where you are, and when I say gatherings, I don't mean gather with everybody looking at their phones. I mean gathering where you are talking with each other. You are looking at each other as you are talking to each other. You're getting to know another person that is actually in your same physical space and not just on your phone screen. That is the world we live in today. Let's get to know one another. Let's share. Let's talk. So those are some things. And we do other things. We have the annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. candlelight vigil. And, uh, you know, this year is going to be quite unique because it will be the 50th anniversary of his assassination. And hopefully we'll get some folks to come out to participate as well as to attend. So those are some of the things that we do in hoping to bring people together so we can talk, so we can share, so we can minimize some of the differences that we have, because oftentimes it's from those differences that violence springs up because we simply are afraid of things that we do not know. And since we don't get taught a lot of these things in school, we have to find out some way. So if you don't read, which I highly encourage, and get to know someone that's different from you, you might be surprised what you find out that's different. But what you might be more surprised in is, how much you find out you have in common. And it is what we have in common that moves us forward. So that's something about Our Own Voices Live and what we try to do here. My co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, is out, so you're stuck with just riding me today. Once again, the title of our show is The Intersecting of Gun, Violence, Politics, Society. And I decided to name it that way because Guns are in the news. They're in the news again. And it is, you can predict who is going to say what about guns when we have gun violence. And, yes, we had major gun violence here in Las Vegas, seemingly perpetrated by one 64-year-old white male. I mentioned white male in association with gun violence and violence because there's some misinformation going on in our society and causes people to look at other people in our society in 
well, a way that they probably shouldn't. Because violence is often associated with people of color and specifically with black people, African Americans. But what's causing laws to change soon, or we believe, is no violence perpetrated by an African American, but it was a white male. With the majority of all mass shootings, all mass killings in America being perpetrated by white males, usually around 32 years of age. So this individual is a white male, but he's 64. So he's twice the normal age that would be associated with mass killings. Now, there's research being done and done on mass killings. Why they're being done? Why is it that White people do the majority of them, and specifically white men, white males. It'll be interesting to see in future statistics how this data will mesh that we have gender self-identification. Will it skew the data one way or the other, and how will they maintain that data? But the data that we have now says that the majority of mass shootings are perpetrated by young white males. That's right, not black people. Now, in Las Vegas last weekend, major gun violence, death, and in the president's words, carnage took place. So far, it's been identified as one shooter, a 64-year-old man from, I believe, the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel, Casino, and Resort opened fire on roughly 22,000 people at the Harvest 91 uh, Festival and Concert. 22,000 people. I believe 59 people thus far have died with roughly 500 or so injured, whether from bullet shots, shrapnel, trampling, or some other issue, but it was because of the shooter. And again, it was one shooter, at least that's what's being reported, and the sheriff said are his findings thus far. And people are alarmed, they're outraged, some are mad, many are sad. I don't know anyone, or at least I'm not aware that I know anyone uh, personally who was shot or wounded or, for that matter, injured at this concert. But I do know people who know people who know folks who were shot, wounded, or otherwise injured at the concert. And my heart goes out to them, my thoughts and prayers go out to them. And this is a very emotional time because of this. Uh, Someone I've known for years, I'll just use her first name, Carol, lost a son due to gun violence. Uh, A a recent uh, acquaintance that I met at an NAACP meeting lost her son to gun violence, but perpetrated by the police. Gun violence We know it takes lives. And last weekend, it took a lot of lives. Not just people from Las Vegas, but people from all around 
the country and maybe even the world. The motive is still being sought out. So, of course, when you hear about a mass shooting, one of the first things we think about is was it a terrorist attack? Was it a terrorist attack? Now, so far, it does not appear to be a terrorist attack as by the means of someone from overseas radicalizing someone or coming to this country to inflict harm upon our citizens. It is an individual born in America, an, uh, an American citizen, and as some people say a real American because he was a white person, and that's just how people say we're being real here today. And that's what we have so far. We don't know if he's mentally ill, as in most of these cases, oftentimes there is some sign of mental illness. It's not ruled out, but it is not the case Officially yet, there has been reports that the individual may have been on some anti-anxiety medication, but those things do not normally make you want to go and kill a bunch of people. The girlfriend has said that, or at least it's been reported, that the girlfriend has said that he would wake up in the middle of the night yelling, screaming, hollering, saying no, 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 stop. Now, we don't know why that may be. Sometimes that is a marker of something going on outside of the norm, but it doesn't have to be. But it is something that should be looked at. Nor do we want to say that everyone who's done this is your stereotypically mentally ill person because mental illness comes in many forms. But that usually fits the profile. So many of the things that usually fit the profile do not fit the profile this time. So what was it? And some people say we don't need to know why it was done. What we need to know is that it was done and how do we move on from here. I actually differ with that opinion because if you know why, maybe there are preventative means that can be devised. So the individual broke the mold. As best as we can tell, the individual did not leave a suicide note or message because oftentimes that is. Now, one of the theories is that when people do things like this, that it is a form of suicide, expecting the police to kill them. But in this case, the individual killed himself. Now, we don't know why that is yet. We do know that the individual set up cameras, at least three. One outside of the suite on, a, on some type of uh, maid's cart. Stay there all the time. And how long had the camera been there? Also, it's reported that there was a camera in the peephole. So could see people walking by and coming up to the door without physically being there. So then it makes you wonder, well, how, what did he, he use to see the cameras? Were the cameras digital? It has not been disclosed yet. And it's reported there's at least a third camera inside the room. 
Now, we don't know footage of any of the cameras have been released. Don't know if they were still cameras or video cameras. Of course, many are speculating video cameras. And from that, people say, well, with the camera in the room, a lot of questions. How long was it rolling if it actually was recording? And what did it record? Did it record the individual shooting and wrecking havoc amongst the citizens and concert goers below? Did it record some type of manifesto? Did it just record goings-on in the room? Questions still yet to be answered, but we know that they were there. So I'm just kind of giving you an overview of the shooter and where he was. 32nd floor, uh, had a, I think it was a two-room suite at the Mandalay Bay. He's supposedly a millionaire with multiple properties, have done some real estate transactions. Uh, it's been quite fruitful to him as well as his family. Uh, the individual had a pilot's license. He had a hunting license. He's been amassing guns for at least 20 years or so. He bought all the guns apparently legal. Estimated that he had about $50,000 worth of guns, equipment, and ammo. But he was a millionaire, so $50,000 isn't that much necessarily. To folks like you and I, yes, a lot of money. And he bought roughly 33 of the weapons within the last 12 months. Did something happen in the last 12 months that wasn't happening all the years before? Something to be considered and a question to be asked. Was there some way to have identified this be, this person as a potential for this type of thing? Some people said, well, if there was a system that, once you bought a certain amount of guns, it was triggered to notify the authorities, maybe it could have been looked into, and maybe they are right. But then the question comes down to how many guns, over what period of time, and what type. And then how much money will it cost us to look into it, and are we willing to spend it? Many will say yes, some may not. One of the other questions that people have is how, how much did the girlfriend know? She happened to have been out of the country when it happened. Then there's reports that he may have been with another woman. Some say, could it, could it have been a prostitute? Could it have been an accomplice? There's been reports that there's a charger, possibly to a phone or some other electronic device, that was left in the room that did not fit any of his devices. Is that indicative of Another person being present, what will a video footage at the hotel casino reveal about that? But we can ask all of those questions, but ultimately what it comes down to is that this thing happened, and it has changed the lives of the people who were injured and of the family members of those people as well as of all of those whose lives were taken away prematurely. As we move further into the show, because the title of the show today is The Intersecting of Guns, Violence, Politics, and Society. People are saying that we need to get rid of the guns. People are saying we need to get rid of certain guns. People are saying we need to get rid of assault weapons. And then it comes to be known to the public 
that something called a bump stock had been affixed to at least a few of the guns in the suite. Now, it hasn't been, or at least I'm not aware of how many guns were actually used in the shooting. Found of the shooting, it is reasonable to believe that semi-automatic weapons, probably rifles or a rifle, a rifle or rifles, had been used. And many of the weapons that I saw in the pictures of the room that had the weapons, there were scopes on the weapons. So in other words, even though it may seem like he was far away with those scopes, that brought him up close and personal with what was going on in the ground. And then people say, well, the rapid rate of fire was as if it was a machine gun. Well, to a certain extent, machine guns are illegal to most people in America. You can still get them as a collector. You can still get them as a shooter, but you have to go through special licensure procedures, special background checks, and it's very expensive. But again, he was a millionaire. So when it comes to this case, as I said, it breaks the mold. How do you detect everybody? Well, some people say, well, if we had the universal background check that were set up to flag people who bought a bunch of guns in a short period of time, maybe he would have been ID'd. And, and that, that's possible. Now, the question for folks who believe that is, what do you do after you ID the person? In other words, this gentleman, well, hold on, let me take that back. This individual bought 33 guns in the span of 12 months, almost three guns a month if you average it out. Let's say that universal system was set up, notification system was set up. Can somebody call in and tell me what would happen after that? 347-826-9600, Because that is a question that I have. What I've tried to do is say, well, what would work and how would it work? It's not to say that there's nothing that can be done to stop it. I believe there's something to be done to minimize it for sure. Stopping it, I don't know. But if we had that particular procedure, what would have been done that could have stopped this? So I'm not against it, but I do want to see how it would work. So our society, because of the Second Amendment, says that as, as interpreted by the United States Supreme Court, because let me read you what the Second Amendment says. And it's interesting that we're having this discussion today about the Second Amendment, as last week we talked about the First Amendment. And one of the things that I spoke about in the First Amendment that I said that most people say the First Amendment is backed up by the Second Amendment. Well, we're talking about the Second Amendment this week. And the Second Amendment simply says, a well-regulated excuse me, a well-regulated militia, militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. 
Now, I'm, I'm reading it right off of the thing. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is what the Second Amendment said. That is what people are talking about when they say they have the right to possess guns. Has ruled and agrees with them. Again, the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. Now, some people say that what this is talking about is it's allowing each state basically to have its own, to use modern terms, uh, to have its own National Guard. No Guard is the equivalent to the militia back in the time that the Constitution was written and the Bill of Rights. And that could be true, that maybe that is what they meant. But it, it has a comma after state. So it says, a well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed, commas. Commas can denote clauses, pauses, even provide emphasis. As the Supreme Court says, yes, we have a militia, our National Guard, but yes, it also says the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. So the Supreme Court says that the people, American citizens, have a right to keep and bear arms. Now, of course, this does not specify what type of arms you can keep. Those come up as challenges in local government, and sometimes it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. And we know that, I believe it's the Heller case, that, well, basically it comes down to you can have weapons. Now, we know that there can be restrictions because we're no longer, in general terms, allowed to have machine guns. The killer in Las Vegas last weekend Technically, his guns, from what we've been told so far, were all legal. Even the modifications on them were all legal. Even the modifications that mimic a weapon being semi-automatic was legal. Even the ATF, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, they're the people that sort of come down with the guidelines of gun use, uh, gun control in, in this country, as stated by the Supreme Court, they said was the so-called bump stock, which is a, basically it's a modification. It really doesn't modify the weapon per se, but what it does do is it uses the recoil from the weapon that would have been there anyway. To have your finger to press the trigger 
quicker than it normally would. So the gun has the ability to do this only limited by the speed of our trigger finger. And what this bump stock add-on device does using the recoil from the weapon is it helps you depress the trigger faster, which mimics being automatic. And there's some legislation being passed around now in Congress to outlaw bump stocks specifically. The National Rifle Association, the NRA, says that they can't agree to getting rid of bump stocks, but they would like for the ATF to simply make a ruling so that it's not legislated. What do you all think? Should it be legislated? Is it good enough for the ATF to say yay or, or nay? And what happens if the ATF still says yay? Then what? Now, the title of our show today is The Intersecting of Guns, Violence, and Politics. Because whenever there is guns used in violence, politics always comes up that impacts our society. We have the people on the left who will usually say we need to limit access to weapons. Usually you have people on the right, conservatives or Republicans, that say, no, we have a constitutional right to bear arms. And that's pretty much where the debate usually ends. Remember Sandy Hook, 22 children, lives were taken. No substantial legislation happened after Sandy Hook. That was 22 children. Now here in Las Vegas, we have 59 people who were massacred, slaughtered by one individual. First of all, do we need more gun regulation? And I ask that to you because there's about, they say, 300 to 340 million on the streets already, and we, you know, we build more gun manufacturers, good stocks to buy usually. And is it a matter of need or want? And as a free country, we have the right to want. How does one who believes that you shouldn't have it infringe on the right of those who say they should have it? And how does the right of those who say they should have it infringe on the right who are injured or lose their lives or families are grief-stricken because of one of the above? In the conversation with the woman that I've known for some time whose son was taken by a gun, someone using a gun. And as we were having the conversation, I was asking, what's the goal of new legislation? And finally, she says, you know, it was her son that was taken. And as far as she was concerned, you know, all guns could be gone. And I felt that. It's an emotional thing when you lose your child. But then there was something else that came to me on an intellectual level beyond the emotional level. And I says, what if we made legislation on our feelings or one person's feelings? So, for example, I don't drink alcohol. I don't understand why. I mean, I, I, I sort of understand why people drink alcohol because they want it. Like people want guns, right? 
but I don't. I personally don't drink alcohol. And if I had my way and my say, I would ban alcohol in America unless it's being used for cooking or is rubbing alcohol medicinal purposes. I would ban it because I don't do it. But it's not just because I don't do it, but I have a personal experience with someone who drank too much alcohol. A little over a year ago, July 2016, July 31st, 2016, a drunk driver hit me on the freeway from the back, rear-ended me. I was doing 65. They were going faster. Don't know exactly. Pushed my car, injured my neck, my shoulder, my back a little bit. And to this very day, even though I've had physical therapy and most of the time I'm doing well, I still have problems holding my neck up and I get a shooting pain. Sometimes I have problems holding my neck down and I get a shooting pain. Now, here's the thing. I had a car. It wasn't a new car, but it was my car. And I don't have that car anymore because that individual totaled it. Now, that car had sentimental value to me because before that it was my mother's car. And I lost that, and that was the last large tangible thing I had of my mother. Now, I kept my life. I was blessed. When the insurance adjuster called me and I answered the phone, he said he was surprised. And the reason why he said he was surprised because of the damage of the car that he made an assumption that the occupant had killed or at best was in the hospital seriously injured. So if I made decisions because of my own experiences, there would not be alcohol. And I thought as I listened to this acquaintance that I feel for greatly, I was saying that's, this is a great example of why we should not make decisions through pain, through emotion, and there should not be knee-jerk responses. I still feel for her losing her son. I still feel for the other acquaintance I have who lost her son at the hands of violence through police. So society has a role to play. You know, if it wasn't for the Constitution, you could easily get rid of guns and say, hey, this is what we want to do, therefore we're doing it. But because we have the Constitution, it's not that easy. We're not able to get rid of guns. So what do we do with these instruments that are primarily, primarily designed to kill? Another debate that has come up is that well, when the Second Amendment was written, there were no assault weapons. So, therefore, the assault, we- assault weapons are outside the scope of the Second Amendment. And I thought about that, and I said, well, maybe not. Because at the time, with flintlock, were their version of assault weapons in their day. I mean, if you're fighting Native Americans who have rocks, and and bow and arrows and spears, but yet you have flintlock. Guess who has the advantage? That was the assault weapon of the day. So I'm actually not able to 
I don't believe that necessarily changes things because the assault weapon of the day was the musket, the flintlock. And then some people say, well, assault weapons should be banned. And we did have an assault weapons ban. But from the FBI's own statistics, deaths by guns did not decrease. As a matter of fact, they actually went up a little bit. I don't know if mass shootings should be the measuring stick in which we make decisions about gun ownership. And I said I'm not sure because I don't know. Logic tells me that it doesn't, but emotion is important too. But do we rule out of emotion or out of logic or maybe a combination of the two? But we do know that the previous assault weapon did not work. As a matter of fact, one of the things I posted was that it didn't really make a difference whether the shooter used an assault weapon or non-assault weapon. The same amount of people would have still and could have still been shot. And someone responded and said, I had failed math in school. Well, I wasn't the best at math, at least not at algebra. I was great at everything else until we got to algebra. But I did pass algebra, uh, pass algebra and trigonometry. I passed geometry. So I, you know, that was incorrect. But that person don't know me. They were just talking. But the reason why I'm saying it, because some people make false assumptions because of a lack of knowledge. That is an assault weapon is somehow has a greater kill capacity than a non-assault weapon. And I would like to ask them, what do they base that on? Do they base that on the rate of fire, the distance of the projectile once it leaves the weapon, the amount of pressure in the cartridge before it, do they base it off of the style or type of weapon? What do you base that on? I posted a picture on the show page, and one of the things that it does is it highlights, it takes a, a basically an AR-15, excuse me, AR-16, uh, AR-15 based off, that the M-16 is based off of. And what it does is it has two pictures. One would meet the criteria as an assault weapon. One does not. They're the same gun. Mechanically, the weapon operates the same. It has the same upper chamber. It has the same firing pin. It even has the same trigger mechanism. You know one of the things that was different? Had different stock. One was collapsible, one wasn't. Firepower, the kill rate of the weapon, so to speak, had not changed. These were all superficial cosmetic external changes that had nothing to do with the kill power of the weapon. Now, one difference that might make a difference is that a non-assault weapon can only have 
a magazine with the capacity of 10 rounds, where an assault weapon can have a uh, larger capacity. So in California, you can only have a semi-automatic weapon with a magazine that holds 10 bullets. Now, the, the fellow that killed the folks in Las Vegas had, I believe, 23 guns in his hotel suite. So let's just say 23 guns with magazines of 10. That's magazines of 10. Back to the gentleman who said, I failed math. I believe that comes out to 230 shells. That's without reloading any of them. That's still a large number of people who were killed. Some people say, well, in the time that it takes to load, people can get away. And that's probably true. Somebody could get away. But really, it takes a second or two to load, to put a new magazine in, if that long. Is it possible that somebody could get away yet? Is that how we want to measure whether or not we create these bans or not? That I don't know. That is something for society to say through our elected officials. What I, what I say, though, as we look at this, I would hope that we will get something that's going to make a substantial difference. So, for example, they've decided are no longer acceptable. I believe it's a sacrificial lamb, but my doesn't make a difference what I think. I actually believe the Democrats are being played by the NRA and the Republicans, but again, I'm a Democrat, and I don't know if they're going to listen to me. Because I believe what the NRA and the Republicans are going to do is say, yeah, we support getting rid of bump stock. And it shows that we are for reasonable measures with guns so that the Democrats, the liberals, won't be able to use that against them in the future. And, you know, that's actually a good ploy. But here's the thing about the bump stock. This is something that most Americans had never heard of until this shooting happened. And guess what? It's also something that most shooters knew about until this massacre happened here in Las Vegas. Oh, and by the way, when you use a bump stock, the is definitely faster, no doubt about that. But the accuracy goes down. As the accuracy goes down in general, with rapid rates of fire. Now, of course, there were 22,000 people below him with limited egress points, which means basically it was like shooting fish in a bowl. They were just there. He didn't really need to aim. Plus, he had a scope. I was talking to some marksmen, and, I mean, I, I shoot too, but I didn't want to use myself. But I knew what my capability was. So I wanted to talk to some others, and I said, if you had 9 to 11 minutes with a semi-automatic rifle and a scope, how many people do you think you could have hit in that 9 to 11 minutes? Most of them, matter of fact, all of them, said more than 50 people. If you got 22,000 people in an enclosed area, you have a scope, you have a rifle, you're not even using a bump stock. You're just popping off one person at a time. How many people did they think they could get? 
Now, that's hypothetical. So then it comes down to, well, why is there so much emphasis on the bump stock? I say it's superficial. And people say, well, Rodney, why just get rid of them? And I say, yes, you can. But I said, are our politicians, our elected officials going to do that and then say that they did something to eliminate this type of event in the future? But in reality, it won't change a thing. And what I mean by that is in a so-called assault rifle, falsely named, but that's what people use, is responsible for just a small percentage of gun-related deaths in this country. I'm talking less than 5% of all gun-related deaths in this country. Did you all know that two-thirds of gun-related deaths in this country are suicides? Roughly two-thirds of gun-related deaths in this country are suicides. An assault weapons ban would not change those statistics much. So that means you have a third of the deaths that you can deal with. And that third that's left, the majority of those are still done with handguns, but yet is eliminating bump stops. And that's why I say, hold on a minute, society, people. Don't just go for the shiny object right now that's being presented to you because of emotion. Because this may be a ploy to take your eye off of what's really important, that you're giving the sacrificial lamb and you got a whole bunch of goats and stuff over there that you could be eating. I'm just using that as a... Example, will any practical legislation come about that will say for this individual, what could they pass or what are they talking about passing now that will prevent what happened from happening? So far, they said bump stops, stops. I really don't believe that that could have changed much. Could have, but actually he might would have been more accurate with kill shots, and this sounds morbid, if he didn't have the bump stop. Would the sound have changed? Yes. Would the amount of bullets sent down range have changed to those innocent people? Yes. Yes. Would the terror level in the people have changed? I don't know. What I do want us to do is to look at this rational and not look at it from our respective political parties and talking points. And more so this is for the Democrats than the Republicans. And I'm a Democrat. Democrat, stop blaming Republicans for gun violence. I say we should stop finger-pointing, period, and we should come together and say what is reasonable. Banning bump stocks won't make a dent. I mean, it will be statistically irrelevant. It's not statistically irrelevant for whoever may have been impacted by it or because of it. Got it. But as far as changing 
this action statistically irrelevant. Banning assault weapons might even be statistically irrelevant into the number of deaths overall. So I asked, what is the goal of gun control? I'm not saying we shouldn't have it because we already have it. We have had an assault weapons ban that didn't change really any deaths. So I asked, what is the goal? Because once you know the goal, then you can sort of build backwards on what you need to do to achieve that goal. Sometimes say, I need a this, this, and this, and this will achieve the goal, but because of the Constitution, maybe this, this, and this is not possible, but you can do it that, that, and that. Why is, if the goal is to, is it to limit the amount of killings and mass shootings, is to limit the amount of shootings, is to limit the amount of deaths by shootings, is it to limit the biggest cause of death, suicide, because this doesn't address that? Is it to limit access of people with mental health? Well, maybe, but this gentleman, this fella, didn't have, as that we know of, a documented mental health illness, and he passed the background check. Has people motivated so much? You have to ask yourself, of the gun legislation that we're contemplating, or that's even on the books that may not have worked like it should have. What is there that could have stopped this? Because sometimes you're just not able to stop it. You know, people are not supposed to drive drunk, but they do it every day. Is it just that there's deaths that's taking place? And the reason why I ask that question is because there are deaths that take place every day by other things. For example, alcohol. There's more people who die from smoking tobacco than from gun-related violence. But yet we are not outlawing tobacco. We're not taking it off the market. It already has an age restriction. I think you can only sell it within a certain amount of feet of schools. Don't know what difference that makes. But somebody thought it was important. But we have more people dying every day from tobacco-related issues than we do from gun violence, gun deaths. So is it deaths? What about alcohol? What harmed me that I'll carry around for the rest of my life? Are we going to get rid of that? And speaking of alcohol, what we're talking about is establishing prohibition on guns or expanding a prohibition on guns. We know that alcohol, there was prohibition. Even changed, I think it was, ooh, somebody fact-checked, was it the 18th Amendment? But there was prohibition against alcohol in the United States of America. It got rescinded in a later uh, amendment because they said people wanted the alcohol so bad that they were willing to get it through illegal means that was filling up our prison system, criminalizing people in doing so, and people were dying because of it. Not nearly as many as just dying from gun violence today, but there were people who were dying from it. And believe it or not, it was because of of prohibition and bank robbers back in the, around the turn of the century and shortly thereafter that led to the prohibition 
on machine guns. Because even though the Army initially didn't want the machine gun, the portable machine gun, otherwise known as the Thompson machine gun, uh, nicknamed the Tommy gun, mobsters saw the utility of it, and they started using it. And eventually uh, some police departments, New York Police Department being one of them, got it. And later the military wound up getting after they were being sold to other countries. And it, it was a pivotal weapon actually in World War II. The first Tommy gun contract for the military happened on guess what date? November 11th. November 11th. I believe it was 20, or excuse me, 1918. And what's the irony of the date? is that that is when World War I ended. It was designed a weapon to end the First World War, to give America a decisive advantage in trench warfare. But the day it was even on the docks to be shipped overseas, but the, the armistice happened. So a little trivia. The mobsters later acquired the weapons. The developer of the weapons was very hurt that they were being to kill people versus to end the killing of people. Again, later they were adopted in World War II, became a pivotal weapon in World War II, and probably did help end the war sooner than it would have, and probably did save American lives. The, the Thompson machine gun, machine pistol, a.k.a. the Tommy gun. Some people call it chopper because it fired 45 shells and it could almost chop a person in half. Little history. But they outlawed them. You know, back then you could order them through a catalog. Yeah, I'll take that Tommy gun. And they would send it to you in the mail. I don't even think you had to worry about age or anything. Just give me one of those. But here's the strangest thing. What has happened to society, as we talk on our show, Our Own Voices Live today, the intersecting of guns, violence, politics, and society, and we're sort of basing the show off of the massacre that happened in the mass killing shooting uh, last weekend from a 64-year-old white male from the 32nd floor suite, double suite at the Mandalay Bay Hotel in the Harvest uh, Route uh, 91 music festival Country music festival What is it about an American society Other than the fact that our constitution says We can have it But why do people go do those things Sometimes it's due to mental illness Or associated with mental illness Sometimes there are terrorist attacks In this particular case It was not a terrorist attack So far And not mental illness so far Something triggered that person to do it But It's undefined. Some people say we don't need to know. I believe we do need to know. Some people say we need to ban all guns. Some people say we need to ban certain types of guns. And when they say certain types of guns, I ask them why. And some people often say, well, because you don't need it to hunt. And I would go tell all of those people to look at their car and look at their speedometer. More than likely, it's more than 120 miles an hour. 
is there any place in America where the speed limit is greater than 85 miles an hour? I don't know. I'm asking. Because if it isn't, why do you need to have a car that goes more than 85 miles an hour since the legal speed, max speed, any place is, I believe, 85 miles an hour? Why do you need 525 or 630 horses in a car when really all your car needs is about 15 horses in it to get it to move? But why do you want to go fast? Because you want to go fast. So just to say that one person doesn't want to do a thing, that does not mean that other people do not. And because of our constitution and value system in this country, because one person doesn't want a thing does not mean that they can lord over other people in doing that thing. I don't drink, but I cannot say, okay, nobody can drink. More people die from alcohol-related issues every year, at least four times as many, at least four. There's probably 241 people a day who die from alcohol-related issues in this country, more than guns. So is it just that people are dying from guns that have people wanting to regulate them more? Is it because it's from guns versus something else? Is it because of their personal dislike for guns? Is it because they don't think other people should have something that they don't want? These, I think, are valid questions to ask if we're ever going to get further in this discussion than we are. The people who use it as a way to defend against tyranny, I suppose there's an argument that could be made, but then again, maybe not. You know, for black people, we think that police kill us at an inordinate rate with guns. And some people say the only people that should have guns are the police. Well, but they're killing me with it. So I might not even really want the police to have them. As an example, why aren't they more like the police in England where they walk around with a billy club and a radio? Why do they have to have guns? And then, too, when we think about that, what is it about our culture that we believe police officers should have guns? Because I don't hear anybody talking about disarming police officers. There's something about us unique in America that has violence. A a close associate of mine, Lisa Mosley-Smith, she is doing a presentation today. It might still be going on at the West Las Vegas Arts Center, I believe, about violence in America. Where did it come from, and why do we seem to have it more than other places? What is it about our culture? Is it our Constitution that says we can bear arms? Is it the freedoms that we are allowed to have? These are important questions that have to be answered before we start taking away a constitutional right. Think about it. Alcohol was banned. There was prohibition against the drinking of alcohol, except in certain places, certain times of day, blah, blah, blah. And people wanted it and went to elaborate means to provide it and to get it to such an extent they even killed for it that our government says too many people are dying because of prohibition from alcohol. 
It's costing too much money to incarcerate these people. We're taking too many people out to homes for alcohol. We will be better served as a society to legalize it and regulate it and tax it. So they legalized it, regulated it, and taxed it. And now we have more people dying from alcohol-related issues almost than any other thing in this country. Drugs were legal, made illegal. It's basically been prohibition against drugs, right? There's prohibition against marijuana, cocaine, crack, meth, crank, croak, spice, dust, you name it, found that prohibition even against drugs filled up our prisons, emptied our homes of men, and in some cases women, destroyed many a generation of children with crack. And so guess what? Now there are multimillionaires being made legally because of the legalization of marijuana. And there's talk about legalizing coke and even meth, if you can believe that. I believe it's in Washington State, one of those northwestern states. Well, drugs is not in the Constitution. Alcohol is not in the Constitution. Alcohol was such a powerful driver. Did you know that George Washington came out of retirement after he was president of the United States to put down an alcohol rebellion? that he was basically somewhat unsuccessful in doing and came to the realization that, hey, the people, they want to drink the booze, let them drink the booze, let them make it. Of course, we tried it again in the turn of the century with prohibition, and it didn't take too many years to realize that, well, old George was right, let them people do their thing with alcohol. There'll be blood in the streets. So now we're talking about taking away something that is in the Constitution, I'm not saying it's a bad thing per se. What I am saying is if people, if prohibition didn't work with drugs, if prohibition didn't work with alcohol and they're not in the Constitution, do we really think that prohibition against guns will work with something that is in the Constitution? Just questions I don't know the answers. I do want us to think about this a little deeper than we do other than from partisan lenses from the politics of the day, of, okay, if I'm a Democrat, here's an opportunity to get one of my talking points in the forefront and have a victory over my opponent, because that's sort of how it comes across. So this really is a message probably more to Democrats. Should you go back and rethink, relook at this talking point? I heard and the senator from California says that she wants to get rid of bump stocks. And when asked about the slippery slope that conservatives often speak about, it's reported that she and or others said, we want the slippery slope. In other words, yes, we're going to do this and build momentum, and then we're going to do that and that and that. Well, see, that falls right into the narrative about the Republicans and the conservatives and even independents and libertarians say about gun control is that, no, you just don't want to limit this. Ultimately, you want to take guns away. And then with the bump stocks, something interesting was said was, yes, we want to make them illegal, but we do not plan to grandfather them. So in other words, people who 
have already purchased bump stocks like people who had already purchased Tommy guns, you won't be able to maintain them legally. You won't be able to possess them legally. You will now be in possession of something that's illegal. You are now a criminal if you do not somehow get rid of this possession, this thing that you bought when it was legal. There's going to be problems with that. And look, if we were trying to take them off the market and get them out the hands of people, look what just happened. They have had a run on bump stocks from people who probably didn't know what a bump stock was. Matter of fact, some people thought they were stocks on the stock market. Oh, we're going to get rid of the stock. No, it's an actual device that attaches to the uh, end of the weapon. It's where the recoil is normally captured. So now bump stock operated a market that otherwise was just a novelty item. This talk of bump stocks and the elimination of them may have done more to cause a proliferation of them in communities than if they would have just been quiet. Is that, is that reaching the goal of limiting them in the hands of American citizens? And if they do not grandfather them, then all of those people who have them, who don't turn them in, what happens to them? Does that now give, so that would be sort of interfering with the First Amendment freedom of expression because that's how people like to go out and express themselves shooting with bump stocks. Tenuous at best, but it is, some will say. Then it infringes on the Second Amendment because it has something to do with guns. But then it also infringes on the Fourth Amendment because are they going to come into homes, search and seizure? of bump stocks, bump stocks that go on the weapon that causes the least amount of death with such a small percentage of bump stocks being a fix of those weapons that there has not been one death recorded by a bump stock in a mass shooting up until last weekend. Are we ruling by the exception? Society, the intersecting of guns, violence, politics and society. I posted a picture of Chuck Norris holding two uh, weapons. I'm not sure whether it's semi-automatic or automatic because unless you read what it says on the firing selector, you don't really know because they look the same. The internal mechanisms are pretty much the same. And it has the American flag behind it because the hero usually has guns getting the bad guy. In America. See, we have made guns to be patriotic. Now we're saying that they're, or some are saying that they're not. We have glorified guns and the violence associated with them. How do you reverse that? How do you change it? Fix of it. So, all of those people who say taking them away is the answer, how do you do that? You know, there was even an article written this weekend, this week, that surprised me. It surprised me because the individual who wrote the article, and it was co-signed, said that the Second Amendment just needs to be 
just needs to be taken away. There is no Second Amendment. People don't need to have guns. The only people that should have guns are the military and the police. There was some small provision for hunters. thought how extreme that was. And if people were willing to do all of those things for alcohol and drugs that are not a part of the Constitution, what would they do to get guns? And since the vast majority of people with guns never harm anyone, I mean, how many overdoses are there a year? How many people die from drug use a year compared to guns? All gun violence, not just with assault weapons, because th- that would be easy to say that there's many more who die from drugs than there are from gun-related deaths. I mean, I, I don't know what that number is, and I'll, I'll try to look it up. But if, let's have the discussion. Debate even, do it based off of facts, and let's minimize the emotion. Let the emotion energize us to have it and to push for having it, but let's not make the decisions out of emotion. I don't think we win that way, nor do I think we will be just. And what about those people who still want their guns, who will go to inordinate Let's to get guns because other countries are still manufacturing guns. Not to mention, there's almost at least a, a gun for every American, regardless of age, in this country right now, with more still being produced. That's wow. See, I think that society is the problem, not the gun. The gun is a tool. You know, you can get a nail gun. And it will fire as quick or faster than a semi-automatic rifle and do it, it, the same damage, maybe more. So if I'm not able to get a semi-automatic rifle, maybe I'll just go get a nail gun. There's no restrictions on them that I know. Just a thought. Today our show has been the intersecting of guns, violence, politics, and society. We are a violent society full of guns. With our politics divided and dividing the country, how do we get past this? Can we get past this? And do the people have a real desire to get past this because I can tell you, the politicians, they cannot do it on their own. It will take the people. I believe it will, cooler heads will prevail and something will be done if the people are willing to do it and put aside the politics because the politics have proven that whatever is going on today will be going on tomorrow when it comes to guns. Miners will have no clue, had no clue what it is, and still don't today. My name is Rodney Smith. You've been listening to an episode of Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes on to you every Saturday afternoon, normally at around 1230 and 3.30 on the East Coast. Our topic today was the intersecting of guns, violence, politics, 
and society. I hope this sparks an internal discussion with yourself. Then maybe a discussion with like-minded folks and those who see it differently so that we the people can push our politicians to a resolution that we can all live with. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.